0: God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs.
1: Dinosaurs eat man. Woman inherits the earth. Hi, welcome to Space Bros. The sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is someone who is cool enough to have been for a prehistoric era, because that makes you cool, apparently. Uh, Mary Johnson, what's up, girl? Hi. Yes, you're correct. I am cool.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, thank you for noticing.
1: <laughs> In any era, I'm
0: timeless, prehistoric mm-hmm. or modern day, future, yes, past, right. present, timeless. and future. Of timeless course. timeless yeah. classic this timeless classic has uh been feeling a little under the weather lately i've got a little like summer mild food poisoning/flu slash not yeah, great yeah the
1: summer flu's real um i've been i've been feeling that myself uh it's not a uh, paleolithic plants that were planted in the wrong spaces but uh it's 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 probably for me at least cuz georgia is the worst allergies i got a slight wheeze to me
0: Please. Yeah, well, but you know what? We're here and uh, one of us is queer and we're recording. So that's great. (laughs) Number two about that, though, I don't have Ellie Sattler to dig through uh, my pile of dinosaur poop to tell me what's wrong with me. So instead, I have to do what any millennial would do, which is a little combination of telemedicine with my own family and (laughs) and binge watching stuff on Netflix and uh, Kate, have you watched Blown Away on Netflix I have yet?
1: Not watched Blown Away on Netflix. Oh, I wish that they were sponsoring us. By the way, just from the way that I said that.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> my <me> God! Tell me more. <laughs> Bombas socks, <laughs> Kate. You know, have, you know what I think is great. A Casper mattress. No, this is a genuine, <laughs> genuine <laughs> exactly. recommendation yeah. um, for Blown Away. It's like Project Runway with like a dollar for a budget, shot in Toronto, and it is about glass blowers, and it is. Awesome. It is so I, awesome.
1: I cannot wait to watch that because literally like OJ Project Runway, the best glass blowing, the coolest, and uh Canada. What's not to like about Canada? Hey, Canada.
0: What a great, yeah. what a great lovely place. And what a lovely place. I bring it up on our podcast specifically because it has, so I watch a lot of reality shows like this. And, like, it's kind of tapered off. I feel like they're kind of out of fashion right now. So that's kind of gone away. But, like, I watched, like, the Bravo, like, um, like uh, masterpiece or work of art show that they had. I watched Project Runway. I watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I like creation reality television of this type. Yeah, agreed. And I, for one, am tired of cool ladies coming on the show, stealing my heart, and then not getting their full due, um, you know, in, ter- in terms of, in terms yeah, of prestige. Getting off. <clears throat> yeah, getting kicked I off agree. early. And yeah. I'm just going to, spoiler alert, tell you right now that a little lady named Deborah is going to steal your heart. When you watch Aww. this show, and she gets her damn due. It's awesome. And she has sort of a, um, it kind of creeps up and comes out organically over the course of the show, but her glass blowing is feminist. Like she does feminist artwork Dope. and expresses it through glass blowing, and also just has this like irresistible vibe where she is like, I'm here to do two things. Blow glass and hand white boys their asses, and
1: it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. So Sign t- me the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so into that. Also, we should post uh, some pics of her feminist glass blowing uh, to our yes. social meets when the app drops. Because
0: I absolutely yeah. will. I do follow her Instagram, um, and she makes a lot of these meat chandeliers, which are unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> I. I- literally have to see meat chandeliers. Uh, are they also glass-blown? Yeah, are they they're glass. Meat? They're, they're okay.
0: glass pieces of meat.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. That sounds yeah. incredible. So, Mary, uh, I'm so happy to be here with you, my bestie, to talk about Jurassic Park, because I don't know my about bestie, you, but yeah, but uh, I freaking love dinosaurs. I've loved them since I was a kid. And in fact, I... We, it has been well established. It is Space Bra's canon now that I am a baby about horror movies, but this movie never scared me because dinosaurs are extinct. That never seemed like that was a real threat to me. So... You're like you're like dinosaurs never scared
0: to me because I'm a logical being.
1: <laughs> like it's just funny because like, uh ghosts, scary. Like aliens, scary. Dinosaurs, nope. Not did you all... ever
0: think that Jaws was going to come up through the toilet and bite your bottom? Because I definitely did.
1: I mean, I think I thought that there was a shark underneath my bed. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm right. not like... My dad, what? <laughs> I have a memory of being a tiny child, with my dad looking under my bed for the shark that I was sure was there. So, you know, like uh, running and jumping bet... into it. But dinosaurs. Nah. Nah. I don't know why. It was just like, I've seen their bones. I know that they're gone. I've seen their bones. That's a very metal thing to say. (laughs) You're like, I've seen
0: its bones. I know it can't harm me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm talking like when I was like four, you know, like running and jumping into the bed. Like, um, yeah. Well, and it
0: does help. I was a
1: pretty metal kid. It does help. You know how like, so
0: anytime I go see... I have a uh, membership to uh, nat- my, our Natural History Museum. Everybody, calm down. I know I'm basically a millionaire. And <laughs>
1: they. Um, I do love your Natural History oh, Museum in Milwaukee. I tourism. have been there with you. It's
0: lovely. So good. And part of our membership comes with um, every time, like, we can just see a free IMAX movie when we're there. Like, you know, and it's always like mm-hmm. the ocean, Mars, things like that. And when yeah. there are dinosaur ones, I always get like super amped for them. And then I'm always a little disappointed because, right, like a dinosaur, I mean, it it can only look ever so... Like, it looks fake. Like, they always do, because we don't know what yep. they really were like, you know? Like, we, right. we don't feel... It's not like, when you're looking at it on an enormous screen, you want to be, like, blown away by the grandeur of the, the you know, cinematography. Yeah.
1: You're not... Yeah. as though you're watching, like, Planet Earth, but you can't watch Planet Earth Dinosaur Edition without it being bones. Exactly. Like,
0: but... Yeah. But, there was a wonderful late summer, early fall, that they did every week. There was an New um, like science fiction movie that they played, so I saw 2001. Mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of good stuff, and one of the things I saw was Jurassic Park with a room like it with a lot with a lot of people around me. It was like packed. It was one of the better attended ones, and there were kids in front of me that had never seen Jurassic Park before. Oh and my god, that, that sounds really nice. It, it was really cool, and that was like the coolest. That's the coolest dinosaur. Those are the coolest dinosaurs I've ever seen on an IMAX screen. No, no doubt. Yep. Which I think, uh, I think Steven Spielberg should give himself a little pat on the back. I know humble the humble man that he is should give himself a <laughs> kudo or two.
1: He never does that. But now, just now, now. come on. Come on, yeah. Steve. Give yourself a pat on the back. Because S- animatronic her... dinosaurs age real well. Like, they look great. These so, at least do. So they impressive. look great. <laughs> Private. Uh, so I feel like everyone has seen this movie, but uh, I'm still going to give you a little bit of a plot overview because that's just what we do here. Hey, those children in is... front of me in the IMAX have never seen it, so, you know, exactly. fair. Oh my God, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park, do yourself a favor and watch it, but also just listen to our podcast. So an eccentric, wealthy white dude, because of course he is, who's old, invites a bunch of expert scientists to visit a new park where they brought dinosaurs back to life, uh, because that's something that humans should try and do. And they want to get initial buy-in before the park opens from these experts. Of course, as in all things involving the colonization of the natural world by man, humans get a bit more than they bargained for by way of uh, some uncontrollable carnivorous beasts that are way too big for us. It's true, but you know what? Park. So we're gonna talk about uh, Jurassic Park and feminism because this is a podcast where we do that kind of thing. Our I'd whole like deal, to almost take like a moment and just say, I listened to. There are a million Jurassic Park podcasts out there, guys. Y'all wonder, are what? out of your f- minds, like. I couldn't find a single fucking one, though, about feminism in Jurassic Park, so... Sure couldn't. You're fucking also, welcome, guys. Also, how much... I mean, like, I know
0: that we're about to launch into a podcast about Jurassic Park, so I recognize <laughs> the irony of what I'm about to say, but, like, whoa! Like, I can't imagine... To me, the only podcast that I was aware of that did something like this, where it's like we talk about one movie and one movie alone, is, uh, like the world's worst idea where they watch terrible movies every week for a year and talk about like that experience which is clearly like the jackass of podcastery like right that's one of the Mm -hmm. more yeah that's that's a stunt you know but like stunt podcast and i know it's a fantastic movie and i know that there are more than one movie but like geez, louise how much (laughs) is there to say
1: yeah because there are definitely jurassic park like like the whole podcast is Jurassic Park, and yeah, it's kind of fucking wild. Uh, it's some wild shit all got going on there. Uh, and then I listened to one podcast about Jurassic Park because I was like, "Oh, I wonder what they say about feminism." And they're like, "Some people watch this movie and they consider it feminist, but I think it's a pretty unreliable read." And here's what I have to say to you, dear sirs who are not listening to my podcast at all. I have to say to you, I don't think that you know what an unreliable read is. When you're analyzing something, you are doing the work and you are finding analysis. I am not saying Steven Spielberg sat down and thought through every moment was like, here's why it's feminist. Mary and I are talking about what makes it feminist, you know, because it's a piece of art. You get to analyze Right, Mary. That's absolutely correct. I also, I mean, okay,
0: so our boy Steven Spielberg. He, uh-huh. he's not necessarily the enemy, as far as I know. Right? Like, I'm not. I'm not yeah. an exhaustive. I've done an exhaustive search about like every sh- crappy thing that Steven Spielberg <laughs> Steven Spielberg has ever done. By far. <laughs> I have well, better, like, I have yeah. better things to do with my time, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but I will say, like, generally, he's, like, interested in stories about boys and their fathers, and, you know, he's, of course, sure. he's, of course, formed things that were super important, like, un- unmeasurably important, immeasurably important to pop culture, and immeasurably important to me, myself, Right like indiana jones hello right. super important to my formative years and my current years and probably my future years as well so like you know i i respect the guy but i also recognize that like making a sneaky sneaky pete feminist movie ain't exactly his bag i will say that this movie seems to have moments where it's almost you're like there's no way he didn't choose to do it this way I think that it's. Of course. I I think he has it a little bit laced through. And I read this really great article about how Jurassic Park is like a feminist redux of Jaws. And he has said that he sees Jurassic Park as a natural extension of his work with Jaws. So I wonder if it's him coming back. He was super young when he did this, too, but not quite as young as when he did Jaws. I wonder if this was him kind of coming back as a little bit of like a wiser filmmaker, been around the block, seen more, experienced more of life. And was like, you know, we're going to have some women in this movie and they're going to be given something to do other than just get chomped. So that and that's like the right thing for me to do in this film.
1: And and I think a great way to introduce that and to introduce our discussion is a very uh, blatant quote.
0: God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs.
1: Dinosaurs eat man woman inherits the earth dinosaur eats man woman inherits the earth woman inherits the earth exactly and that is like a very blatant and clear line that and it is it is treated like not a laugh line in the way that like I can't believe she said that but like a look at this cool competent calm person who is not at all fazed by these men who are out here uh You know trying to measure their dicks a little bit
0: right well i love it too especially so there are a lot of scenes where um ellie says something or does something and basically are the reaction shot the reaction shot from the uh, from which i think is the fill-in for the audience for the most part of course the
1: avatar is dr ian malcolm and dr uh alan grant uh, uh uh-huh
0: yeah yeah, they're like they're like the 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 Greek chorus, as it were, or like our like for her, yeah, right when she does something. So like when she digs through the giant um, pile of Triceratops poop, and that scene definitely where we kind of like she does something, and then you see their reactions. They that feels very intentional, and they don't have a re- they don't have they don't say anything when she says that. Instead, it's just kind of yeah. like let's to sit there. In a way that feels yeah. very potent and cool, and is so much better than if they were like, Wow, ah, you know, uh, bluster, or even if they're like, I can't believe you said that. Like, there is no response to it because it is such no, a it's,
1: no. It's almost like, sh- like they look at her like, it's funny because they almost watch her in this uh, way that that they watch the dinosaurs like there's this like cool respect and Mm -hmm. like an understanding that she is like apart from them which also introduces our first point women are traditionally aligned with the monster in a lot of different uh tellings and genres uh alien is a very famous and popular one that deals with like the monstrosity of reproduction and the alien mother uh jurassic park also aligns uh the woman and the dinosaurs we are told very explicitly that all the dinosaurs in jurassic park are female there is no unauthorized reproduction in jurassic park because all the dinosaurs are female and so there is this alignment between um between gendered women and these uh these sex uh dinosaurs and it's not totally new. Uh, there's always been a final girl in horror movies. Uh, King Kong, uh, check out our episode Kong skull Island, but King Kong had, uh, a moment with like the original where a white damsel was carried away by a monster. Like, but in, in this particular movie, uh, as in like a couple other horror films, like, like it's almost like there's a kinship between, uh, the woman and the monster. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what does that, what does that sort of tradition say about womankind and our place within patriarchal structures? Uh, how does um, how does this film with like female dinosaurs and male scientists uh, specifically uh, take on the patriarchy? And right before we get started, I wanted to pull one quote from uh, an article uh, by Lisa DeTora called. Uh, Life Finds Way Monstrous Maternities and the Quantum Gaze where she talks about how the most frightening aspect of the consuming maternal monsters and that inhabit these films resides in their ability to be several things at once to shift physical attributes and positions until they are fixed until they're fixed in a gaze the idea that like not only are these dinosaurs scary or uh or just benign creatures eating food, but that they're able to also be women. The idea of like a woman being able to be both a productive member of society and the source of reproduction, being able to be both maternal and nurturing and a badass and a hero. like That is the thing that makes it monstrous, that's the thing that makes you not fit inside of a patriarchal mold, is how I am interpreting that. And, and that's kind of like the power of this alignment. Mary what are what are your thoughts
0: I like that I think that's a really smart read um, and actually I think we'll get into I, I have some things to say about that when we get into like who's the who's the enemy who's the bad guy of this yeah. movie Yeah. Um, I think that that really is potent there for sure um, I like the idea of, like, the dinosaurs containing multitudes is what makes them scary, that they can be the, the like, sublime um, br- brachiosaurus that they see initially, and they can also be, um, like, you know, the, the just as smart as you and twice as deadly raptors. Um, yeah. I really like that. I think that there is also some commentary about, I, I mean, for sure there's commentary about... Potentially, these men are underestimating the dinosaurs because they are female. Like, that that yeah. is, like, a, that that's a say. I mean, like, and you can even think about that in terms of, um, like, zoos or uh, with, like, uh, livestock where you have, like, kind of this like, sense of, like, like, think about cows. Like, you have, like, a docile field full of, like, lady cows with, and their calves just grazing, and then you have, like, the really mad red bull that has to be by himself. You know? And yeah. so because you don't have that concept, then everything should be allowed to just kind of like graze loosely all the time. Um, but of course these are dinosaurs, so we're watching the raptors just like rip through cow harnesses <laughs> like nobody's business. Yeah. Um yeah. so it's it's impossible to, to pretend that, even though it seems all the characters in the lab, like BD Wong's lab have that mentality themselves and potentially that is some some of the stress as the viewer that like while while you're watching this incredibly dangerous animal which by the way all these people have watched kill another human being at the like the top of the movie right Um, at the
1: top of the movie everyone who's involved in this park not like our visiting scientists but everyone else watches a raptor tear someone apart yeah, it's actually a fascinating moment to have, like, uh, a star in a film call out, shoot her, shoot her, because, like, again, we're starting off very gendered with, like, this, like, this, mo- like, a monstrous female to be put down. I'm sorry, continue.
0: Yeah, although, like, let's be real, absolutely correct. <laughs> like, he should have, they, mm-hmm. they should have shot her. Oh,
1: of course, they should have yes, shot her. They shouldn't yeah. have made her. Maybe they should but... not have, like, created her, you know, like, whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, and also you get a sense, like, um, I think early on you see some sort of alignment there. Like, um, like Alan definitely thinks the fact that they have raptors is a bad idea no matter what. Like, yeah. the minute he finds that out, he's like, y'all are dumb. which he did not have yeah, that like, reaction to a T-Rex or anything else that they have, yeah. you know?
1: But he it was, also brings up an interesting point. Like, why do they need a T Rex even or a Raptor. Like why not just like a bunch of vegetarian dinosaurs? People would still be fascinated. Except for like
0: It, it would be good. Yeah. Um I have I have some theories around that. I mean like it's I think the same reason that's well, I think it's a, even more like I guess generously speaking are you going to pay to go to a zoo just to see monkeys? No, you want to see lions. You want to see stuff that, like, there is, like, a thrill element. Of
1: course. There's a thrill to seeing, like, killers and predators. I understand yes. that. And I- we
0: we believe ourselves to be the apex predator on this planet, right? And and honestly, with global warming, I think we're correct. Like, we will kill way, way, way more things um, Than yeah, any we've done
1: it.
0: S- any single species will will ever have posed um, a threat uh-huh. to any other, um, so yeah, so like it's great, hooray, we won? Question mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that Yay. we we like to test that. Right. Like we always want yeah. we always want to get. Um, so as I revealed in the shallows episode, uh, I follow a couple of different um, shark Instagram accounts. And there's this kind of fascination with you can't have like big sharks in captivity for too long because they just die. Like that's not they can't they get depressed. They stop eating and they die. Um but there are lots of like little choices where it'll be like, oh, we captured this great white shark and now you can see it at like this aquarium for like a week and people want to go yeah. see. And like so there's, there's like a there's a little bit of like circusry and um and performance, I think, that is that drives that. Like well we can't just have we can't just have like, you know, plant eaters. We gotta have a T Rex. It's classic. It's classic.
1: Yeah. No, of course. It's it's thrilling. It's, it's thrilling, thrilling to see something That wild, that dangerous, that, uh, should not exist or we are told cannot exist in our time. You know, I get it. Same reason why you'd want to see a dragon. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry.
0: Exactly. Same reason, same reason I want to go on one of those boats that, um, dangle in Australia where they dangle chickens over the side and then saltwater crocodiles propel themselves up to eat the chicken. Um with oh, their the tails best.
1: I am definitely too scared of crocodiles for that because crocodiles will kill you crocodiles um, will super kill
0: you they do not uh-huh. care um but yeah no I, it is it is a question and I think that Alan definitely has that question why I, I'm surprised we don't have a scene where he outright says it I think that's because we've had that long dialogue where he's traumatizing that child at the beginning um yeah <laughs> like a real asshole <laughs> oh my god it's just everything about that is so good and then he reveals that he has he has a he has a a fossilized velociraptor claw claw as like a safety blanket like it's like his blue blanket linus (laughs) situation he just has that claw all all the time how do you think he got through um how do you how do you think he got through tsa with that different time i suppose
1: Different time. Different time. I think that today today they would make you uh, check, uh, maybe ship your Velociraptor claw. Uh, They'd be like,
0: will you put that in your checked luggage, sir? And he's like, I didn't check any <laughs> luggage. It cost me an extra $25. <laughs> he would be that guy.
1: He is so that guy.
0: Yeah, I oh mean, my God. I know that because game knows game and I, I, I am that guy. <laughs>
1: so game recognizes game. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, We've already touched on uh, B.D. Wong talking about how they're only female dinosaurs, but by having, like, this kind of horror twist being that they find out that the dinosaurs are indeed procreating, like, out in the wild, it makes, like, unbridled, like, uh, femaleness even more terrifying, like, this idea of, like... Um, like, yes, technically the dinosaurs are switching sex, but we're still considering them female. We never refer to any of the dinosaurs as males. So, like, the idea of women being able to procreate without the need of a man, I think, is also supposed to, like... I think that that's... It's very interesting that that is terrifying, that this, like, uh, lack of a need for a male structure in order to keep on surviving. Right? Yes. Is that yes. just me? No,
0: no. I, like that. I, I agree with that. I, I think that... It's 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 definitely a conscious choice, you know. Um, of course. S-squared, Steven Spielberg, definitely recognized that there were um, women who were paleontologists and women who were scientists. Ellie is a prime yeah. example. He, I think he goes out of his way that once they are on the island, it's pretty clear that the people who run the island and make the dino eggs and... Manage it and design the software. All those people are men, right? And yep. I think that it's it's to meant to align the the natural world of the dinosaurs as female, and the scientific world, and not and not in a bad way. I would say the scientific world of um, capitalism and commerce, which is what yes. they are setting up. Is masculine. It's what they I,
1: it's what they talk about as their priorities. You know, yes, uh, the yes. scientists are there because of learning and discovery. The rest are taught like the lawyer and even uh, John Hammond, who at one point is like, "Everyone should be able to come here." He's like, "We'll have coupon days." Like, oh yes, quite right. Coupons. That's enough. We'll oh, have know? a coupon like, day. Still, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's still capitalism,
0: right? And there are different reasons. Everyone is there for sort of a different reason, right? But I think that. the 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 scene that really reveals this sort of gender divide between natural world female um consumeristics a capitalist scientific world male is when um ian malcolm is like you didn't you didn't think about if you should have (laughs) instead instead you basically raped the natural world discovery is a rape and that i think really clearly like divorces those two and draws those those gender lines really strongly like he's saying he's saying like yeah your scientists do kind of care about this but they're standing on the shoulders of giants like they did not they're they're not doing this because of science alone they're doing it to make money they're doing it because they can they're doing it for like um definitely uh hammond is doing it because it's like an ego thing for him Right? Like he wanted yeah. to make something real. He wanted to control the little flea circus wasn't enough. He needed to build a really big, b- big flea circus full of dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, no, and he even says, like, no expense spared. And there's this great moment where uh, Dr. Ann Malcolm, God bless Jeff Goldblum, being, you know, just Babley, uh, mm. is talking. Gee, the lack of humility before nature that's being displayed here. Um,
0: Staggers. The genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen. But you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. It's hardly appropriate to start hurling organizations. If I may, um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could. And before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox. And now you're selling it. You're selling it. Well, how can we stand in the light of discovery and, and not act? Oh, what's so great about discovery? It's a violent, penetrative act that scars what of explorers. What you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world.
1: You didn't make any of these discoveries. You took the work of other people, so you have no responsibility for it. Like, you're yep. not... Your work wasn't on the line. You just stood on the shoulders of better men. What you call discovery, I call the rape of the natural world. Which, like, shots fired, man.
0: The the feminist read I have about this, and, and I know there's, like, a lot of different feelings about... Like, basically, they're creating, like, dinosaur test tube babies, and people have feels about what this is saying. You know? And how, like is natural reproduction necessarily better than than um scientific reproduction i don't even really think that it's getting around to that like i don't think that um i don't think that this movie is trying to shame people for fertility treatments or you know like or anything like that really
1: no i i think i think more so than that it is in dialogue though with the idea of uh uh, the hubris of a male trying to control female reproduction, though. Uh, yes, and
0: that, and own it entirely. I think that's on the
1: table. Yes, and own yeah, it entirely.
0: Because you know what they mm-hmm. could have done? You know what they absolutely could have done? They could have had, they could have done what responsible pet owners do, and they could have just spayed and neutered all these dinosaurs. Yep. Right? Yep. If you don't want production, like, you don't want, like, but you had to get all fancy with it. You had to decide, but but you dodos didn't recognize that it was African frog DNA. What's up with that? Yep, didn't think it through. Yep.
1: Fools, man, fools. Well, so let's let's talk a little bit about the key protagonists. Uh, you know, we've we've been mentioning them, but uh, we've got Lord Dern, Dr. Ellie Sattler, who is incredibly competent and cool and collected and never like doesn't have to strip down you know like gets to wear like her reasonable safari clothing the whole time which is shouldn't be something i'm happy about but i am because that doesn't yeah i mean right
0: yeah yeah although typically they don't make laura dern strip down she's like she's like one of those like cool she's like too cool you know
1: what i mean yeah totally but you know i'm still happy about it oh yeah uh even though she's, like, might be, like, just as an actress, like, the exception, you know, it's nice that, like, it, just, like, she gets to be cool and competent and collective and we don't, like. She's not hysterical. We do see her scream at one point when she gets, like, attacked by a dinosaur, but, like, not unreasonably and not enough so that, like. She loses her head and is unable to survive. Yeah, she's not unreasonable. Like she's kind of also the last
0: main character who we know has like a good sense of. So, like I think early on in the film, you can separate people into people who have their heads in the clouds about how dangerous this is, and people who have it ab- who absolutely are like on track and like can see can yeah, see the story arc. Yeah, can yeah. see the story arc playing out that does exactly play out, and those people are basically like. Malcolm Grant and Sadler, right? And then uh-huh. and then to a to a quickening degree the children like while they're out there yeah. as well.
1: Um yeah, because but, the children are 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 faced with this reality. So they're not even given a chance to like know it beforehand. Like they're like, you know, the, the eyes of innocence but like that is exposed to the realities of what happens when you try to control create and control a world that like you shouldn't have been fucking with to begin with,
0: right, right, right. And I think that she is the last of all those people to get freaked out by a dinosaur. Like everybody, she is, everybody, everybody the very last. She's like the very last. So I, I, her scream queen moment, I don't think is a scream queen moment. Like it's a genuine no, it's reaction. Amazing.
1: It's a genuine reaction, and it's like so well earned. And it's when she's in a terribly dangerous situation, but gets out totally fine. Like she gets like a little cut in the leg, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah, she survives being like trapped. Uh, in a, like, so this is also it's a hero moment. Uh, we have uh, all the power goes out. Um, Laura Dern, unfortunately, Doctor Ellie Sattler, gets separated from the group uh, before everything goes to shit uh, because she gets preoccupied by a big pile of dinosaur shit. I like that. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. Well, and she chooses uh, to
0: separate herself. I actually yeah. liked that. I didn't feel like it was like bustling away with the with the little lady, right? Like she chooses. No, no, an no, no. She's path. like, yeah,
1: yeah. She's like, oh, you all keep on going. This guy has i G. I'd like to stay here and figure out why this dinosaur is sick, especially if it's been sick a couple times. You know, like I'm a paleobotanist. It could be something it's eating, you know. Did I, you, I also I let me use my scientific expertise. I also like the
0: through the uh, through thread of how sick all these dinosaurs are, like. When they, meet yeah. that, when they meet that Brachiosaurus and it sneezes all over them, I'm like, is this like when you go to a pet store and you're looking at the puppies and they all have cloudy eyes and you're like, oh no, these are puppy well, meal puppies. Even, are they puppy yeah. meal dinosaurs? Is that what's happening? They kind
1: of are. Well, and it's it's incredible because uh, it's in that first early scene, like the first time that they're eating lunch where she says, you know, some of these plants in here are are poisonous you have them here because they look good but they are like deadly to the creatures around it you know i know and so like yeah they've cre- not only not only did they create like this world where like there are dinosaurs that they can't control they also like put a bunch of like deadly plants in with their dinosaurs like they're kind of morons is really what we're finding Like, they should have hired a botanist they didn't do the work Yep. Yeah, instead of bringing one in at, at the 11th hour, like, right before they're about to open, to be like, oh, you guys really fucked up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think it really yeah, balances. So like, yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, I was just going to ask. Like, I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but, like, uh, I, I agree. I like that it's active and that she uh, goes off on kind of her own adventure because, like, she's an interested scientist and wants to find out, like, what's going on. But how do you think the movie would have been different if she hadn't have been separated uh from the group for a while because it does mean that like then we kind of have like these two dudes and these kids are our story for a minute, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, definitely if she is not if she is not preoccupied having her own storyline, then Alan Grant does not get to like meet his manifest uh, spielbergian destiny and realize that he wants to be a dad right because like all of this story basically is about people knocking around a, a, a like a big place full of things that were created not naturally and they're really not supposed to be here and a man coming to terms with the fact that maybe he would like to create life with his own body yeah like I think yep. I I think that that's like a that's a, a pretty standard read of of his at least of, of, of at least his story arc right and so if sure. she's sure, sure, sure. if she's there he there's less pressure on him to perform uh, maternally towards the kids and yeah. I think the story is less good for that both in terms of like I, Spielbergian stories about. Um, fathers and their kids, and also in terms of the feminist angle. Like, if she is just there taking care of the kids and, like, pulling Timmy off an electric fence, I... I it's fine. I would rather see uh, Grant do it than Sadler, though.
1: I agree. I like having her uh, separated and having her own stories and being able to be like, I'm gonna go and save everyone. Like, mm-hmm. we sent off this guy, Samuel L. Jackson, to go and restore the power. He didn't. I'm gonna go alone into this room. And... John Hammond is like it ought to be me really going. Why? Well, I'm uh, and you're, um, uh
0: come on, let's
1: go. We can discuss sexism and survival situations when I get back. And just take me through this step by step. I'm on channel two. Right. I love that. I just love that she gets her chance, like she's not a superhero, she's a scientist. Um but she's gonna go in there and she's gonna fix shit. You know, I didn't so. even
0: remember that line being in the movie, to be honest with you. And then when it happened, mm-hmm. it was funny because I felt like I was watching it with fresh eyes, you know, because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. like it, it's very natural and it fits with her character. I think it was just like it, it to me, it does not have the play that uh, man dinosaurs eat man. Women inherit the earth. That's like that's the feminist. Well, like, that is
1: the feminist line. line yeah. In but this. it is nice that like
0: no, no, it's super, she. It's super nice that it's. it's, it's it's super nice is there I didn't expect him to go there with her though when he's like it really should be me that went I thought he was gonna say because this is my fault (laughs) like that's what I thought he was gonna say and then when he didn't I was like ugh and then she had like a perfect response and I was like you got this girl I'm not worried about you. you you go you do this thing
1: yeah, it is all his fault though, and he doesn't get punished in the end, which I'm fine you know, with it. Like, do I want those I'm fine with an old man not
0: dying? But you I'm know. I'm fine. I'm also fine with an Attenborough not dying. I'm like that's that's yeah, that's fair. okay. And and like, <laughs> do those kids really need to not like lose a grandparent to a dinosaur? No, 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 no they don't. No. Yeah,
1: I'm. Those sweet baby, baby. That's fine. those sweet
0: baby angels who are who are television kids who don't annoy me, which is wild. Movie yeah. movie kids that I don't find irritating, even though they're supposed to be irritating. That's really a tricky balance to make.
1: It really is, and and I do like those kids, and I like that. Uh, I like that the little girl's a computer hacker, and you know, life is good. I... Lex.
0: <laughs> I also love that Le- she's Lex, not Lexi. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a it's a much cooler name. Uh, also, kind of like you know. and feels like it takes like real action and choice this is my cat saying hello uh (laughs) cats are descended from the t-rex and uh you know that uh that's totally not something i just made up Um, well kate
0: actually cats hunt the things that are descended from a t-rex so oh aka uh, birds
1: uh, you're right birds yep
0: (laughs) so i think we all know who's (laughs) the who's the apex predator now
1: um. <laughs> the only other thing I want to say about Ellie Settler is that I read, I did read like a feminist article that talked about how like by being paleobotanist, she's like, that makes her like less active and more into plants and she's more into nurturing like creatures like the dinosaurs and blah, 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 as though like that was like a weakness. And I'd like to say, I really like that women can be whatever they want. That Ellie Settler can be a badass scientist and can be kind of nurturing. I think that's great. I think women should be able to be both. I'm into it. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, I do. I appreciate. I I had some, like, a thought about that, too, when I was, like, rewatching it. I really paid attention. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because I kind of remember that she knew stuff about plants. I didn't remember that she was a paleobotanist specifically. But, um... I think, and like, and ultimately I was like ready for that. I was like, oh man, are they going to lessen it? And the only scene that I can think of that does sort of make it seem like her interests are lesser than his is that first scene, which is glorious in and of itself. So it's like, I kind of, I I even loathe to criticize it in this way. But when they first see the dinosaurs and they're driving and she's like got this leaf in her hands and... Uh, Grant notices the dinosaurs <laughs> and the fin, like and, like um like coming over the hill, and he like grabs yeah. at her head, and does like look and like twists her head around, and then she's like what, like blows her mind, you know, but yeah, um, like you could I think you could you could argue that that makes it seem like she has like less important stuff because she has discovered in this leaf the equivalent of a, a dinosaur cresting a hill for botanists, right? She's like, this has been yeah. extinct for, for so long. Like, what is this? Um, but at the same time, like, I think because you have the scenes where she uses her botany to, like, care for the dinosaurs, and she, I think it's just sort of like, she needs her own... I, I like that she doesn't do exactly what um, Grant does, because if they do that then you have like a forced comparison between the two who's the better one so it creates a divide there which doesn't because you don't need that competition truly and it doesn't invite that competition also then you have three different scientists with three different interests right like malcolm is a a chaostician which is ridiculous but he's a mathematician right and he deals with probability and chaos theory she is a she is a plant person and um She's a paleo plant, like, botanist, and um, Alan Grant, um, like, is a paleobiologist, right? So, like, I think it's kind of nice that you have sort of this cohesive, holistic view on this world. Um, And it balances out nicely. I don't think that there is, like... And that's basically... I think it was a wise choice, is what I'm saying, even if there is the potential for reading her role as less important,
1: yeah, and all I'm saying is I agree with all that, and also like, I just re- I refuse I reject the binary that that she's less important. You know, like I think that it's yeah. good to have a variety of skill sets. You know, and yeah, and also like, should we shouldn't
0: we reject the idea that um, that animals are more important than plants? are exactly. we past that, no, that's and that's, ecologically and that's what speaking? I'm
1: saying. Like, like I think that that argument is reductive in and of itself because it makes assumptions about, like, what should be more important and that nurturing is unimportant. And, like, the bottom line is she gets to be all of them. And that's why, like, I don't think that argument uh, really works for me. I don't think that, uh yeah, I reject that. I also <sighs> loved
0: that, and this is kind of what I was talking about at the top, where you have, like, these little moments where you're like, Steven Spielberg, you chose to put this in here. I think you might be making a choice to feminism, against all odds, which is great. It's great. Is that they are not... So, I read a bunch of articles that are like, the best thing about Ellie is that everyone is blind to her gender. They just treat her totally as if she's just, like, one of the dudes, like, just another scientist. And I somewhat agree with that, like... I think that the narrative treats her that way. Like, the things that she tries to do, she is successful at to the same degree that the men are successful. Like, she is capable to the same degree. But the Agreed. characters in the story definitely treat her differently because she is a woman, and she definitely calls them out for it. And that is
1: way better because that is stuff that actual women experience. Exactly. And it, it's it, so it, it almost ends up being like kind of like our conversation about Captain Marvel the idea that in Captain Marvel, you get to take on the actual sexism that exists instead of pretending like it's not real. Like, it's real. So getting to see her cool-handed evenness being like, we'll discuss sexism in survival situations when I get back, is so much more powerful to me than pretending like she lives in a world in which nobody would be sexist because that doesn't happen. I'd like it, (laughs) too. I really would, but it doesn't happen. It definitely didn't happen in, like, 97. You know?
0: Yeah. Ellie Sattler is not gonna help actual lady paleontologists or lady any other profession that they so choose by pretending like her gender has not changed how people think about her in her field. Exactly. Exactly. It just she just doesn't. So but so it's a good it's a good choice to make it that way. And I don't think it's like over the top. Yeah. In either like in either direction, really. Like she's not Although, I, I also reject the idea that it's, like, harmful to see two capable women, because I'm like, dudes, have you seen, like, any action movie ever? Like, <laughs> are we talking about man, man's overinflated self-esteem because, like, because uh, uh, Rambo can take down helicopters with a handgun? Yeah. No, we're not. So, like, shut yeah. up. And second of all, and second, but, like, there definitely, I think, is, is some harm um, pretending that sexism doesn't exist at all Agreed. and or and or making it really clear that the woman always needs a man's help obviously that's like that's just out, m- misogynistic yeah. right yeah so she's she's important for those reasons and, and then they're just in like subtle ways it's mostly aside it's mostly like when she does stuff Ian turns to Alan and has a like a smart ass thing to say about it kind of right yeah. about yeah. her capabilities and her abilities. Like, there's always yeah, something. Yeah, culture, like,
1: tenacious or something. Yeah. But the bottom line is, like, it doesn't come across as a lack of respect. It's kind of like a...
0: No, no, no. Everyone treats her with respect, for sure.
1: Yeah. Again, it's it's almost like observing uh, a different species uh, in the way that there's, like, like, a bewilderment mixed with, like, being impressed, you know? Um, Absolutely. The way you would look at a dinosaur. Like, many... Thriller, horror, big animal movie. For a majority of the film, there's one group separated for another and in need of rescue or survival. Uh, in this particular film, it is Alan Grant and the kids get separated. Um, Ian Malcolm separated from them and injured, so like I'm not really going to count him as a part of that. He pretty much uh, he
0: pretty much gets stuck with uh, with Ellie's crew and Smoulders for the rest of the film after that. Yeah.
1: His main job is exactly. is
0: to lay shirtlessly breathing heavily and smoldering.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Precisely. Um, how how is how's the survival narrative handled in the absence of like of Ellie Sadler or Ian Malcolm? Is it empowering? What did you think of it?
0: I think by separating them out definitely you give Ellie a chance to act more independently from, and, and it's not only just and because And actively. And actively, yes. And it's also, it, it's mostly because you've dispatched with and kept busy in a different storyline the only other character who can match her in terms of bravery, brains, actionability, yep. right? Like, who is who is Alan? So, by, like, separating yeah, she and those
1: and Alan are therefore, like, kind of looked at as equals. Yes. By separating their skills.
0: Absolutely. So, by separating her from them, like, I don't I don't think that the story necessarily would make it so that Alan would do all the same things that Ellie did in instead of her. I think they probably would have split the tasks up, but like, yeah. But by doing that, it makes her the de facto hero for for ground control as opposed to with Alan. She would have some. She would she would have some competition. Um, yeah,
1: she'd be sharing the heroics. They yeah. both get to be heroes. They get to be shared protagonists instead of um, co like. They get to be the heroes of their own stories.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important too that uh, to comment that uh, her heroics are definitely more substantial and obvious. Like she saves them all, pretty much. She yeah. or, or she does she does like half of the heavy lifting, and then Lex comes in and finishes the job. But yep. what Alan does is quieter, and it's and it's equally heroic and exciting. Like great, right? like. Definitely protecting the kids in the wild is, like, an important part of the story. But it's a more, like, personal um, narrative of the soul, whereas Ellie's is more, like, survivalist. How are we going to get out of here? I'm using my brains. I'm using my brawn. I'm going to figure this out. So hers is less cerebral. It's less about her developing as a character and more about she's a plot driver, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, No, exactly. She's a plot driver and... He ends up doing something that uh, we would normally ascribe to a female character, which is like half of his role of helping these kids survive is comforting them, like making them less scared, giving them hope, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and taking the time it takes to like move kids through like uh, an unknown world.
0: And I think, you know, you could argue that potentially he's given like the better storyline, quote unquote, or the juicier storyline. I think that she that the movie also handles that nicely, where at the beginning, like after uh, Grant has tortured that kid at the dig site, who's there for reasons that are not clear.
1: At all. Yeah, why is that kid even there? Also, like, why, why is this kid such a punk? Yeah. <laughs> also, why I'll is be, this kid a punk and why are you terrorizing him? I'll be like, also, like, that fashion
0: department did that kid real dirty. That kid looks dumb. Yeah. And I'm like, that kid is probably yeah. really cute. He's like a, he's like a little he's child kind of actor. Cute face. Yeah, yeah, like, why are you making that kid look like such a garbage truck? Don't do that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think that's um, fair. justice for that kid is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um... So then, like, once that happens, they're walking away and basically they're discussing, like, the existential dread of creating life with, like, their own lives, like, their biological reproduction, right? And Ellie's yeah. like, I'm cool with it. Like, one day, yeah, I think I could, like, handle that. I'm at that point. And Alan is basically just like, yucky. I know. Can't. Won't do it. Gross. So his story arc. So she's already, like, accepted that she is willing to be maternal. He has yeah. not. So he has to go on that hero's journey, whereas her journey can be more about survival and um, an exposition about why this is a bad idea. Right. She's not completely divorced. She can deal with
1: the high stakes instead of like the quiet, like intimacy. Yeah. And she's even given
0: like a a nice emotional beat, I think, where you have that scene where she's eating ice cream with uh, Hammond um, in the cafeteria. And... Mm -hmm. And he's like talking about the flea circus, and basically she's just like, "Bro, this isn't science. This isn't, this isn't like all of this stuff stopped." It's clear that her priorities are correct, and she like schools him on that. It's like all yeah. of all of the concern with whether or not this can be a park drop away once like the people in our lives that we love leave us. So she's given an emotional beat there as well, where you see that yeah. she's a woman of science, but like. She is, she is ruled appropriately by feeling as well. It's not, she's not cold and clinical in any sense of the word.
1: So our, our heroes uh, come together at the end of the film. It seems as though the kids have been saved. Everyone's out of trouble. uh, And we have our kids eating ice cream that leads to a truly thrilling scene where uh, Lex and Tim, Tim, Tim are trying to hide from raptors in a kitchen um it's pretty great mary you want to talk a little bit about uh lex and the survivor story
0: yeah well first of all tim is not a survivor and he's a little baby so i mean he's like oh how, is, how old do you think tim's supposed to be i think he's supposed to be like eight if is what i yeah. would guess
1: he's yeah, old- eight. Because he's old enough to have, like, he's precocious, he's read, like, books, like, he's read the book that Alan Grant wrote, you know? He he can um, read
0: hard books by himself. And, and he, it's part of it that yes. he's precocious, but he's also, like, he's not, like, a little, like, child genius either. Like, it's a precocious child you know. that's pretty realistic. So, yeah, I think he's supposed to be, like, yeah. 8 or 9, and then I would guess that Lex is supposed to be 11 or 12. Yeah but she I looks would agree with that. right like those are kind of that that's kind of like how the age breakdown is but like tim yeah. is garbage at everything survival which is really funny cuz he's just schooling his sister the entire time on like what dinosaurs are but like lex can climb down an electric fence in a timely manner lex <laughs> lex lex can climb trees <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lex. Lex can Can't just get off of the fucking ladder. Um, Lex yeah. can uh-huh. Lex can bang a ladle uh, on a on a stainless steel table and befuddle raptors. Like she does uh-huh. all this stuff, and basically she just drags Tim bodily along behind her, which I think is like a really cool, a really cool inversion of what you would expect that to be. And in the novel,
1: it is. The, it's what you would
0: expect. It, which is, is,
1: it is inverted. It's yeah. an
0: older brother and a little a little baby sister, right? So he's like the protector of her. And I think it's wonderful that they inverted it this way. Um, I agree. And it, it does both characters, like, to the best of their ability, I think. Like, Tim as, like, yeah. sort of, like, this little precocious kid is super important for little boys to see. It's a, um, super important for little boys to be able to see a kid who, like, emotes and cries and, like, a little boy who emotes and cries and is, like, proud of being smart and all those things. That's yeah. so important.
1: Ask questions, you know, like, wants, wants to know answers, knows that his questions are valid questions. And they are, you yeah, know? they're absolutely.
0: Reasonable. Absolutely. Yeah. And le- it's also equally important for, like, teenage girls to see... um. A girl who's like, you know what? The man one of them one of the central men in my life is really interested in something that I don't give a crap about, and that's not gonna change. <laughs> and that doesn't change the fact that my interests are every bit as valid and in fact potentially more valid than his because guess what? After after Ellie sets the first the first savior uh, you know, blocks tumbling down, I'm gonna finish the job. I'm actually gonna save yeah. us. The rest of the way by yeah. with my hacker skills.
1: <laughs> yeah. We find out that Lex is a computer hacker and she is able to navigate the system to shut the door, which otherwise the raptors will get in and they will all die. Yeah. So it's pretty important. You know, you know who
0: is not a big deal. You know who helps not at all with any of that? Tim. Tim doesn't even help help grant and Sattler hold the door shut
1: he just yeah, stands is actually wild that he's just standing there he just not like stands behind lex at all yeah he doesn't and, like there's a point at which like like there's something by like a Sattler's feet or something that it's like he could hand that to you like you know like he could be useful and he is not no no oh yeah when she's like when like uh when ellie is like
0: pawing at the gun with her foot i'm like tim yes push it towards her
1: go go and give her the gun you're not doing anything yeah i'm glad you remembered what it was i was like what is it that she's trying to get so useless extra kid doing nothing (laughs) he's so useless i'm sure that that was like
0: like uh i'm sure that that was like a decision among the production staff where they're like i mean we can't have these kids in like too much danger, but it is weird. It's a weird thing to see. Well,
1: I think it's also supposed to be like attention moment, and so like it's also a little bit contrived, maybe that like that no one would just be like Tim, hand that to me because like that's reasonable. kid get, get in here, <laughs> look alive, Tim. <laughs> You don't even have to come closer to the door. You just have to bend over for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can you can do this without even getting
0: on the same platform that we are. You can like reach your little skinny <laughs> hand up and just push the gun like five inches towards me. That's all you have to do, Tim. Exactly. Oh, no. Exactly. Just crazy. <laughs> um. But I, I I you know like I don't want I do I think primarily and the thing that I think is really weird about. When I like the fact that when I read feminist critique of Jurassic Park, I feel like everyone is like, well, Ellie is amazing. Stem is amazing. Lex is amazing. Stem, it's amazing. And I'm like, no, what's really amazing is that both of them save every other person. They are the heroes in this story. And maybe they really are. And maybe it's just because of, like, at the, like it's not super highlighted, like no one is like, thank God or like. You know, like, Grant doesn't fold himself up in Sadler's arms at the end and be like, My hero! Although he should. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, there's not, there's not really called out, but that is explicitly what happens in this movie. And that is awesome. I love that they do that.
1: In this film, as in kind of thriller horror movies with big animals, dinosaurs are squared as the enemy for most of the film. Uh with a slight subversion at the end, when the T Rex, the king of the dinosaurs, as I thought of him as a child, I also slept with a tiny plastic T Rex in my bed uh, for years. He wasn't actually T Rex because he had like a horn on like his snout, but otherwise looked exactly like one. Oh and, yeah, uh,
0: that's something different. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't
1: remember, I don't remember it's what called. it was. Yeah, but literally slept with it every like I. Bought it for two quarters uh, when I was three, and slept with it every night until I turned five. So whatever we have our, we all have our things. I don't know why I went there. Anyway, the T Rex, not the villain. You're uh, like you're re- like I Dino cred, <laughs> Dino might. Um, so are the dinosaurs the enemy? And in Jurassic Park, like we initially see it as kind of a paradise, and and it quickly turns into a, a dystopia, like. Like what? What is this space? How is it? Can you categorize the dinosaurs as the enemy or, or not? And the space as like a utopia or a dystopia? Mary. Yes. So,
0: I don't think the dinosaurs are the enemy, and I I even think that there's like. Work that is done to make—I mean, like obviously they're the threat, right? Like we're afraid that they're going to eat people. So I fully understand where you're going with this. I feel like they go over time, and the the kind of the utopian dystopian um, handles that are pulled at different points. I think kind of separate them a bit from that. Let me get back up to those notes. But a little bit of singing. Um... Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the main the main actual enemy are foolish men full of hubris.
1: I think it's, like the actual enemy in this story. I agree. And I don't I don't know that a dinosaur can really be. And I don't think that they're a just creature natural yeah. creatures like and and this... natural creatures doing what what is what is natural for them to do. Exactly, exactly. that makes them evil, dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very dangerous, but I but think not
0: showing not the enemy. Showing the beautiful brachiosaurus and everything in the beginning and everything is so cool. I think that you have this seduction kind of element where you see like yeah. the concept, the power, the that. This, the concept itself is so it's seductive that you could have basically a big zoo full of dinosaurs.
1: Um, well, that you could experience firsthand, like, it took a yeah. cool concept to think about. Like, oh, just I would love to go to Jurassic being Park. Being able to go somewhere yeah. and see and experience dinosaurs firsthand. Of course I would want to do that. I mean, even having seen this movie, and, I still would want to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If someone was like, will you go to Jurassic Park? I'll be like, yeah, I will take malaria medication before I go yeah. out of it. Because I I am more afraid of that Than I am the dinosaurs Do Um, they
1: have velociraptors? Please say no (laughs) Uh, Velociraptors? Box yes Box
0: next to a Y, box next to an N Check, (laughs) check, let me know Um, (laughs) But I think it's important for the movie itself The movie has to do two things And I think it does both of them successfully And it's kind of wild that it's able to do both successfully I think that it can frame the natural world as being a dangerous place for human beings to exist without making it seem like that's the natural world's problem, like that there's something wrong with them. It's something wrong with us. I think they pull that off. And I think that they also and this is even more important, especially considering that this movie like basically shook what people wanted to do when they grew up in paleontology interest in paleontology and like. People entering the field skyrocketed after this movie. I think that yeah. it's very... They walk a very tight line where they tip this movie away from being anti-scientific. That Absolutely. That, like, this movie is, like, very careful to be like, scientists... Uh, that, that the Scientists, like, think that these dinosaurs are hella dope. And if this was done in a way that was more, um, re- like, you know, responsible and correctly, potentially this could work, you know? But yeah. it's it's they kind of introduce this nuanced uh, – Ian introduces this nuanced concept of responsibly innovating, responsibly moving forward, doing so, yeah. recognizing what you need to do. And I love that because, like, you and I are in tech, and all people talk about is disrupting. That's what everybody wants to do, and that's yes. what these people are doing. <laughs> and yeah. the idea of responsibly innovating – Like we don't value that really so much anymore, and this movie is championing that, saying like you shouldn't disrupt, you shouldn't just create dinosaurs on an island in Costa Rica and then invite the public to look at it. You haven't done your due diligence.
1: Yeah, you you cannot uh, wield biology like a kid wielding his father's uh, gun. Um, That it's not that this world is inherently like exclusionary to you. It's that. Uh, a world created irresponsibly and trying to be controlled instead of trying to be respected and conserved is is not a safe world.
0: Yeah, and I think to kind of continue on with this disruptor point, you know, um, Steven Spielberg is a moralistic filmmaker, right? Like he yeah. he writes stories and we watch them and then we expand our view on the world. If you're faced with a little tiny alien it's not a good idea for you to call in people who will cut them open, right? Like, we understand, and that's about, like, otherness and, like, recognizing humanity in unlikely places and, like, things like that. And empathy and kindness, right? That's what E.T. is about. and. I think that this movie also has, like, strong moral lines drawn for their different characters. We have good guys and we have bad guys. And pretty much only the good guys... The only people... So there are people who are just cannon fodder, like that poor guy at the beginning who gets sucked into the raptor cage. Like, I don't know his deal. He probably was a very nice person. But we know definitively the only characters that have speaking lines that die are people on the side of, of... Disruption and quick money. We, with the exception of Sam Jackson, yeah. I would say is Ray, um, which by the way is not a good look for Steven Spielberg killing your main black character. But I digress.
1: Oh yeah, no, uh, <laughs> not a good we look. We haven't really touched on, but it is a tough fucking look, especially because he's actually one of the most reasonable people in the film. Him yep. and the like. The guy who gets killed by the raptors, like at the end, too. Uh, says... yeah, but
0: you know what? Steven did give him a Steven did give him a flaw. He's a smoker. Yeah, he...
1: Uh-huh. He's a smoker. Yeah. He's gotta die. gotta
0: die. Smokers have to die. That's how you know who the bad guys are, the ones that are smoking. Which is so ridiculous. But um <laughs> but whatever. Um so but like who are the people who dies? Outright villainous and greedy people, um, who are basically like Dennis, um, and then the lawyer Donald. They both die like, humiliating, crushing deaths, which are to... Which definitely are, like, a moralistic judgment by nature on, like, the bad things that they have done, right? And then you also have, pe- like, the only other person who dies really is the people who are... are is Muldoon, who's foolish enough to think that he could control the dinosaurs with his strength, right? Like... Yeah. He... He thinks that because he's like, you know, an African safari stereotype <laughs> that he can like kind of like no understand these raptors and, and 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 win out over them and he can't. He can't. So he is a foolish character who tried to control nature and just can't. So he also has to die. Right? But they save they save all the dinosaurs they save all the scientists right they save the brains the brains get saved and they save the old foolish man because there's no fool like an old fool yeah he's allowed to live yeah also he was not greedy about it right like he has an ego but he's the one who was like no everyone should afford to be able to come here we're not going to charge 10 grand a day like the lawyer suggested Um, well and
1: and he also realizes his hubris yes he repents when uh dr alan grant is like Uh, upon further examination, I've decided not to, uh, endorse your park. He's like, me either. So, you know. If
0: I were him, I would have said, you've been hanging out with Ian too long, haven't you? It's like a real smart (laughs) assy thing to say to him. You're like,
1: oh, we're getting cute now, I guess, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad how many people do survive. Um, I'm also okay with the lawyer dying, you know. I mean, he dies on a
0: toilet. That's just, that's just comedy gold it really is it yeah. really is just like kind of a magical moment you know yeah and for the time period it's just so good like everything about it is just is just perfection um yeah i mean you know totally. he's gonna die when he's like talking to the um like the person who are excavating the uh the dig site looking for the mosquitoes and he's like stumbling all over those rocks and stuff you're like dude this is not your world you're yeah, t- yeah 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 you're too much of the city you're not gonna make it out here so at the so I think that the end of uh, Jurassic Park I have made fun of it I love when other media is like there's a great the the Rick and Morty about being inside. Um being inside that man's body that, like, Rick yes, is experimenting yes, on.
1: Yes! Yes! and What then, is the name of that? Like, Anatomy Park. Anatomy Park. And it's like, oh, yeah. Hepatitis is just a good guy,
0: or yeah. whatever. Do we have a relationship <laughs> with Hepatitis C? <laughs> like, that is such an amazing lampshading of the end of this movie, and i yeah. always thought that the end of this movie is kind of dumb in that way. Like, I'm like, what the heck? Sure. Like, or just, like, or, like, silly. It momentarily just, dis- like, um, caused me to have disbelief and the rest of it is like flawless like I pretty much believe all of it but I'll be honest with you after I thought about like kind of this like who is the enemy when you pose this to me I kind of feel like the ending actually makes a lot of sense now like it's not that the T-Rex you know it's not that the T-Rex are like American like brute force right the representation of that is necessarily saving the humans it's just resetting the dynamic because i think this whole movie like the humans are the bad guys like like us interfering with na- nature's way is the main idea yeah. Yeah. And by the T-Rex coming in and basically being like, pick on a lizard your own size. Like, yeah. you and me, you and me, Raptor, we're actually the ones that are supposed to fight with each other. You're not supposed yeah. to hunt humans. They're not of your time. I think it's like resetting that narrative. and I agree. And makes a lot of sense. So I'm actually, like, how old is this movie? When did this movie come out? I was four. 1997. Uh, yeah. Right. I was four when it came out. I saw it in theaters. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. I... Like it's taken me, you know, most like oh definitely, definitely most of my life to come to terms with this ending, but I think I finally get it from this Good. podcast.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that this yeah. podcast was able to to do that for you. That is what I have always liked about it, is the idea that like, you know, it uh it recenters the fact that like this isn't our world and that it's an entire ecosystem that we are like visitors in. I do
0: want to say, before we move on from this, like, sure. who's the enemy, just to further compound, and this is, like, a very modern read, I don't think that Steven Spielberg had any intention of including this, but sure. um, how problematic is it that we feel comfortable that the dinosaur problem has been fixed because we've just <laughs> abandoned a bunch of dinosaurs on an island in Costa Rica and, and like,
1: hauled ass Back to North oh, America. For sure. <laughs> like, have we, like, warned everyone that, like, don't go to this fucking island or Matrix? How far away is can, this like, island? Travel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How far yeah. away? I mean, there are ter- the, aren't there pterodactyls on this island? Like, what are we doing here? Like, uh, yeah. also, how far away is this island from, like, the mainland of Costa Rica? That's, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, have we warned anyone? How can these animals travel? Like,. Yeah, not great. Not a not a
0: a tough look on these guys. I don't know. Yeah, Tough look for my guys. <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't really have an exit strategy. It's kind of like uh, America going to uh, Iraq and then, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, pulling out. Uh, uh, mission, we'll
0: ac- I, think you, I think. you mean mission Mi-
1: accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't. You didn't love that, Kate. That wasn't like the best. <laughs> You're right. I that was that was foolish of foolish of me.
0: Um, um, just to further compound my very um, my very modern uh, interpretations of what's happening in this movie, uh, can we agree that Alan Grant is a woke bay?
1: Yes, one hundred percent woke Bay, more so obviously than dr ian malcolm who i still think is a babe but uh, he's you
0: know. just he's like he's in a sleep bae obviously
1: yeah you're right in in a in a contemporary context of it not being jeff goldblum who like i think after seeing earth girls are easy i will now forgive for anything um, and we know he was so.
0: we know that he like romanced gina dave i mean like he, he's he jeff goldblum it seems like a woke Bay. Um, so, like, he can kind of get away with it. Also, he kind of has that, like, he is not traditionally masculine and threatening. Like, he's not a meathead, right? He's a nerd. Right. So, I think that there's, like, also stuff there. But, like, um, I do kind of like how he has, he also has magnitudes and, and, and folds, just like the dinosaurs do, where he's, like, he's a womanizer, he hits on the only, like, woman, it would be legal for him to do so in the movie. He talks about peeking under dinosaur skirts like he's crude, you know? Um, As much as this movie gets to crudeness. Um, But I do like that he is the person who also is not afraid to ID like the violence of discovery as rape. Like he is not afraid to say that word and he seem and yeah. and when he does it you feel like he understands understands the
1: nuances of rape and yeah no he's not just throwing around that word like lightly. Yeah. He means it. Yeah, he does. He and means he, it for for all that it contains.
0: Right. And he is clearly classifying rape as a bad thing, which I cannot yeah. believe that I have to now say yeah. is like <laughs> Something (laughs) worthy of applause, but I but here we are,
1: yeah. Uh huh. Um,
0: Uh but Alan Grant, Moke Bay, you know, like Ellie lives her life, he lives his life, he knows he can handle whatever is thrown at her. I love the scene where they reunite, um, and she's like running and he sees her and she like tackles him. I love that he's not like, oh, thank god you're okay. I mean, like, there's not even there's no there's nothing gross there, they're just like happy to see each other, you know, yeah. Yeah. But it seems absolutely. It seems very mature. Um Yeah. And uh, I think that their relationship is built on uh partnership and equality and Yeah, it seems it. to
1: be mutual respect and partnership and caring, you know, like I don't know. If, even from the very beginning with their like the bottle of champagne they got uh, s- tucked away and for a celebration sometime. Like they just like they seem like very practical but loving uh people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why the champagne ball struck me, but it did. Hmm. Practicalities with a little bit of romance. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I think I think that
0: uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely me in my affirmative years um, thought that Alan Grant was a total babe. And now that I know that he was kind of cut from the same cloth as Indiana Jones, which I think I sensed as a kid, even though they're yeah. very different characters, I was like... Right.
1: I was like, but it's I like, like. the same kind of Spielbergian like archetype. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's drawn from the same well, for sure. Yeah. I think I'm like, I like a man who has a doctorate but can wear a leather jacket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's the thing. I want to be a woman with a doctorate who wears a leather jacket. Right now, it's just going to be a master's, though, so whatever. Who Who can can afford afford a
0: doctorate these days? It's
1: too fucking much money. It's too much money. And no one's going to pay me for it. No, thank you. No. No, No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) As we wrap up our discussion about this film and whether or not it's feminist, I would like to take a moment to talk about the source material material and uh, Michael Creighton, who I had no idea until I was doing research for uh, this movie. might be a little bit of a shithead. Oh, yeah. Um, Yep so i got a quote from an interview in playboy that he did good great awesome (laughs) where he says there are victims of feminism a lot of children are victims of an era when women declared their independence from men saying they no longer needed them a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle heard and women could do it by themselves Well, the idea dovetailed really nicely for a lot of young men who didn't want to be needed in the first place. They didn't want to be committed to a family just because they got a girl pregnant, for instance. But the kids who are left behind were victims of the fashion. There are many children raised without father, and they have suffered. Now, I got a lot of problems with that. First off, um just because someone got pregnant doesn't mean that you should marry them. I don't think anyone's a victim of feminism. I don't think feminism victimizes hey, people. I like and that he, he also
0: decided that that was like that was the thing he was going to focus on. But
1: He's, like, he's right. like,
0: oh, this is great. Now young men can have irresponsible sex all they want. And now they don't even <laughs> have to get married. <laughs> yeah.
1: And also
0: um also is them like, abandoning their children is a product of feminism? Question yes. mark
1: Feminism is the reason why men have abandoned their children. And finally I'd like to say, in terms of children being raised without fathers, as a lesbian who if I were to have a child would be raising it with another mother you know, sometimes I think that uh, that would be okay. All I'm saying is there are all sorts of different kinds of homes, Michael Crichton, and get your fucking face out of uh, our goddamn business, but really victims of feminism are uh, the children suffering from the fact that there's some deadbeat dads out there. Anyway, (laughs) fuck that guy. So, it's surprising that from this guy, we're able to get this lovely feminist film, which I do believe we have argued is, in fact, very feminist. Yeah, also
0: um, I'd like to point out that there are lots of different ways to have a family and um, some of the people who yep. who benefited strongly from that sense, no doubt, was Michael Crichton himself, who was married five times. <laughs> and had... they coming in with the facts! <laughs> yeah, five times, and has a blended family because with the middle wife, he had a daughter, and then with his last wife, he died while she was pregnant. So... You know, <laughs> I yep. think
1: I think that he benefited yep. pretty, pretty
0: mightily from the sense that not all families have to look alike. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, again, what a, what a great interview for Playboy. Reputable uh, rag and a reputable man. Anyway, anyway. Mm. Hey, remember how remember that time when we talked about Hugh Hefner and realized that like in real life, if someone like you would call him an invalid, you know, just someone who goes around and in in their pajamas like all the time. And you're like, oh, oh that oh that means an invalid. I believe (laughs) ill. I believe that yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Like like he's like, oh, it's that aviator man. He's always wandering around in his pajamas. Yeah. I'm gonna pretend actually that Michael Crichton is exactly exactly like that
1: um because <laughs> also, it also like you have never is an invalid. funny
0: yeah he is also an invalid which is terrible because he 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 did he did die of like you know he died a little bit before his time
1: um all right all right all right you know like well, you know but uh <laughs> yeah. obviously here's here's a tepid take from space bras Hey we're not uh, wishing murder on anyone or an early death uh, we are anti uh, people dying before their time Teppe takes takes it's sad that Michael Crichton with all of his
0: money and power could not live past <laughs> the age of 66. Tepa take
1: <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, Mary, do you agree this movie feminist? Yes,
0: I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for joining us, team. I am grateful that uh, Steven Spielberg and uh, the team who created this film was able to take uh, a story from source material written by someone who was not feminist and create a real uh, Crankosaurus
0: Rex. I think we can all agree. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, a, a work of art that um, that that has stood the test of time and continues to be feminist in a in a current uh, light, which is great. I agree. This movie's aged surprisingly well. Oh my god, this movie has aged like I
0: think this movie might be better than when it came out. Um, Probably. To be honest with you, I think it's only getting it's like fine wine, getting better with time. Um, I think it's like unbelievably important. And this is that we have action movies that focus on women saving the day. And I have not seen, I can't think of an action film offhand where two women explicitly save the day as much as this movie, just like off the top of my head, even in modern times. Yeah. In modern times, we would make a bigger deal out of it. It would be highlighted more potentially
1: but the spotlight might be more on it than it is in this film because they don't talk explicitly about it. No. No, it, but that's kind of what makes it quietly powerful.
0: Yeah, I think that, that makes it kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um and you know, I think it's equally important to have uh, stories about men discovering their maternal side, and I am going to keep saying the maternal side as opposed to the paternal side because I think he does mother those kids out there.
1: Um, I agree. No, I don't. That's the thing. Other people want to call it paternalistic and whatever, but I, I think that he spends time uh, nurturing. Yeah, nurturing children. is a nice, not like gender neutral, not term. not not the not the toxic masculine idea of like we have to be tough or whatever. Like it is genuine, like caring and. No, it's okay. No, you I can won't, call to this animal. Like, I won't. You know, like
0: I won't tell anyone you threw up. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. This is all. This is all us. Yeah. yeah, it's lovely. Oh, that part, it's that really scene lovely. really
0: like tug- as a puke as a kid who was like the the family. The, I was the puker in my family. That really, I was like, oh, that's that's a man who gets it.
1: Um, I I love that I just learned that about you for the first time. Oh, you learn yeah. something new every day about your friends, guys. There
0: you go. All that's good, and I just want to end with. Dinosaur eats man, woman inherits the earth.
1: Indeed. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Well, that was lovely. What a what a treat. What so a treat good. To get to talk to you about all that Jurassic Park. The in best. Jurassic Park, scary in the dark. <laughs> I sure hope I won't be. <laughs>
0: why hi Thomas look who's look Kate look at our studio look at our, our, see, look at look, look, into P- our virtual people say I'm, the only, I'm not
1: the only Johnston Sib who can sing spontaneously
0: <laughs> I mean I mean yes. it's a rare it's a rarer bird but in some ways that makes it all the
1: sweeter no that's right yeah yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, uh, well, today- we have missed you since our Ex Machina episode. Uh, small plug, go listen to it, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. But uh, you're coming on with us next time, right? That's right. I'll be back next time to talk about George Miller's high octane, feminist masterpiece, Mad Max: Fury Road. Woohoo! Witness me. Witness me. <laughs>
0: Witness, witness me as I as I comb through the gates of podcastia <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be uh, uh with the immortal feminists. Uh, I, great, I podcast. You're, you're great. I
0: die. I podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. I podcast. I take a week off. I
1: podcast again. <laughs> Yeah, All right. awesome! So join us next time for uh, Mad Max Fury Road, and for special guest Thomas Johnston
0: of Woo-hoo. Crypt Woo-hoo. Creepers fame. It'll be so weird to be on a podcast with both people that I host with regularly. It won't be a weird; it'll be incredibly natural.
1: A podcast <laughs> where we can say talk about what we're watching being a movie, and that is actually correct.
0: Well, this, in this in this one, we'll just constantly say episode. We'll be like, "In this episode of <laughs> this Mad episode. Max," which kind of does work. Kind of
1: does work. Really, I thought it was really weird that the Crypt Keeper didn't introduce this episode.
0: <laughs> Crypt Keeper, mysteriously
1: absent. Yeah, uh, everyone go check out Crypt Creepers, uh, one of my very favorite podcasts with Mary Johnson and Thomas Johnston from Outrageous Mechanisms. Uh, I love the sibling uh, the sibling chemistry and <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and rivalry, and uh, your ability to talk about, like, just really fascinating things while talking about uh, Crypt Creepers, uh, Tales from the Crypt, which is not, you know, necessarily considered high art, but somehow I get to hear about uh, the ego and the id. Um, It's awesome. Fine art finds a way. Fine art finds a way. (laughs) And now, join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras, in these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours and also feminism finds a way. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers!
0: Outrageous?